Welcome to True Wisdom, um, a podcast designed to talk about God's Word. And as Andrew and I share the message, we share our individual personal stories, and we also share the Bible text, which points back to God. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert. So as we roll into 2023, what have you learned over the past couple of years of doing True Wisdom? It doesn't have to be anything long and elaborate, just a short, what have you learned? I've learned that there are a lot of stories in the Bible and it should be possible to go through an entire year without repeating any of them, um, even if you're talking about once a week. I've learned that the stories that God captured represent the patterns of humanity, meaning when you look at the story in the Bible, it's either about you or about someone you know, okay? On the off chance that it's not about you or someone you know, it's about you, who you would become if you didn't get this lesson now. That's what this, everything that's recorded, God chose specific things that were recorded so that we would learn to avoid the problems that are highlighted in the scripture. And those problems are common problems, such as is common to man. So when you read the stories in the Bible, don't think so much in terms of they, but think in terms of we and I and we. Excellent. I, I learned that there are more people who are looking for information on the Bible than I first thought. In this age of everything is at your fingertips, it's still good to have um, an area of discussion where um, you can point to people and say, hey, yes, you have all this information, but here is how to break it down and make it useful. So um, I'm glad, I'm very thankful to our listeners and to anyone who is able to benefit from this podcast, including us. <laughs> Amen. I, and, you know, to tack on to what you just said, I realize that people are waking up to the fact that we have a lot of information at our disposal but not necessarily knowledge. And so they are inundated with data and information and they need assistance in filtering it for knowledge and then applying it as wisdom. Excellent. So uh, I believe it's my turn to pray. Dear Lord, as we begin this lesson and as we uh, start into 2023, you pray, we pray that you will continue to be with us and allow the words we say uh, to be led by you, directed by the Holy Spirit, so that someone's life can be touched. Continue to provide us with the right stories, the right details in the Bible uh, that can have an effective witness. Amen. Amen. So Amen. what is your story for today? Story for today, after the, uh, the theme verse, which is Proverbs 9, 9, and 10, give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. The the passage that we're going to look at is 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings 13. 2 Kings 13. All right. Okay. And we're not going to start at the beginning. That's a story in and of itself. Um, we're dealing here with the lineage of Jehu. Remember Jehu? We did a we did a podcast on him way back when, and Jehu had gotten himself into some trouble after being promised a kingdom, and the Lord did promise that he'd have it up for four generations. But if you look carefully, each successive generation got shorter and shorter. Um, but in any event, we're in the children of Jehu here, and Jehu was king of the northern tribes of Israel. We're going to start in verse 10, and we're going to go through the end. This is a short one, but it's important. Um, what we're looking at today, what we're looking at today is, um, as we begin a new year, we need to think in terms of how do we move forward? Whatever may have been our past, how do we move forward? And it's not like we only have to wait for New Year's and new months and all these other kinds of things. But this is a this is a point in time where people's brains are geared up to making a shift, making a change, heading in a new direction. And so we want to leverage that as well. How do we move forward, regardless of what we may have done in the past? Bear that in mind as we go through this. All right. Okay. Start in verse in verse ten of Second Kings, chapter thirteen. All right. In the thirtieth and seventh year of Joash, king of Judah, began Jehoash, Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, to reign over Israel and Samaria, and reigned sixteen years. Okay, I'm gonna stop there and see if I can. Okay, in the thirtieth and seventh year of Joash, king of Judah. So this is king of Judah, began mm -hmm. Jehoash. The, sh the son of Jehoahaz to reign over Israel in Samaria and reign 16 years. Okay. So Jehoahaz. So now mind you, Jeho Jehoahash and Joash are the same name, one Hebrew, one Aramaic. And you'll notice, you'll see this later. Yes. Because right in the next few verses they're going to do it it's like they they deliberately they tried not to use this in this introductory verse and then they then they roll into it's joash it's just yes. easier for all of us yes okay so for a period of years we have a joash and a joash that are kings of judah and israel at the same time okay so and we're we're talking about the king of israel in samaria mm -hmm. correct when we go to verse 11 and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Correction, correction. Remember, we were we're in we're with Jehu's children. We're dealing primarily with the northern tribes. Well, Typically, no. so yes, the northern tribe. I said Israel in Samaria. Yes, right. Yes, and he, so the he in verse 11 is Jehoash. 
And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, but he walked therein. And the rest of the acts of Joash, and all that he did, and his might wherewith he fought against Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Okay, pause a second. So, okay, now when yeah, stories are limited, <laughs> well, no, when, when stories are limited to one place or another, the stories of the kings of Israel, Samaria, are found in the books of First and Second Kings. Mm-hmm. The stories of the kings of Judah are found in the books of First and Second Chronicles. They some stories are big enough that they appear in both sides. Hezekiah, as an example, right. is big enough. And he, he impacted both sides, and so they're found in both sides. You have Solomon is the first king in the book of Kings. David is not mentioned other than in passing in the book of Kings because David's books are first and second first Samuel. And Samuel first and and um first and second Samuel, right? He's mentioned in Chronicles mm-hmm. and he gets introduction to first Kings because of, of his son Solomon. Mm-hmm. Solomon dominates first Kings. And um, and then and also the Rehoboam, and then then all of a sudden the book of the kings becomes the book of the kings of the northern tribe. Okay, so here the introduction you read is an introduction about Jehoash, also now known as Joash, king of the north, who is being time mapped against the king of the south, which they do all the time. So and so began to reign in the year of this other person right. this far in. That's how you keep right? track. So that's always right. So in this case, the, the name they use for keeping track is the same guy's name because it's who came to share a name, and then he gets back to talking about the king of Samaria. Okay, and and it continues, and this is why I was saying verse twelve helps you know which Joash they're referring to because it talks about him fighting against Amaziah, king of Judah. Right. So obviously that. Joash is king of Israel. And that was the part that was slightly confusing because I had just misinterpreted which king was which. Now we're back on the same page, so we can move on to 13. And Joash slept with his fathers, and Jeroboam sat upon his throne. And Joash was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Okay. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Okay, pause. Verse 14 happens before verse 13. Right. Now. In both cases. Mm Mm-hmm. Because e- even when they mention Elisha, they say the sickness whereof he died, and then they went back to where he wasn't dead yet. Right. So, and and I, that's what I wanted to point out, especially rather than look at it as I, I I did say it as, hey, this verse happened before this verse, because the verses exist now, and that's how we look at it. But the truth of the matter is, this was not written as a verse. These were written as paragraphs, and right. and you know, history, longer 
history, multiple paragraphs, sometimes the whole book at once. So what you have to understand is when you think of it from a paragraph standpoint, the folks that write the scripture oftentimes wanted to get a whole thought out of where they were before they went on to other details. So they would say things and cover a base and then get into the nitty gritty. Perfect example is 14, where it says, Elisha was fallen sick of the sickness wherever he died. So I'm telling you about his sickness. I'm going to tell you how long his sickness, how, what, what impact his sickness had. It killed him, ultimately. And let's get back to a story while he's sick, but not dead, right? So that's, that's how they did it. Here, they wanted to speak about Joash, Jehoash. They wanted to speak about him. They said some things about him, when his reign started, when it ended, how he um, behaved. He fought. There's more history to be found in the book of the King Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. And, by the way, before he died, here's a story. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when you're reading the scripture, understand that. Don't use the verses one against the other. Because the people who wrote the letters and the history are not the people that did the verses. Right. So... It, so, the, you know, the people who did the verses came along a lot later, put the verses in for convenience sake, easier to memorize if you're tracking verses, et cetera, and so on, easier to find, so on. But they didn't necessarily track thoughts in alignment with the people doing who did the writing. Okay, yes, so we see we that. We, we see that consistently throughout the Bible. Right. All right. Okay, so, so the, the other thing I wanted to get at is Remember that it says here that Joash was an evil king. Right. And okay, yet, so the, re- the interaction that we're about to see is interesting, given evil. A lot of times when we see evil, we think that they're just sitting somewhere in the stereotypical villain mode, plotting all the time. And no, they just didn't do the right thing most of the times where they had an opportunity to do the right thing. Mm. Right, that's what evil is. When the Bible talks about evil, it doesn't. We always think Jezebel. Yeah, okay, that's evil. That's persistently evil. Lucifer after his fall, persistently evil. But we have a lot of other people who are opportunistically evil. Evil, mm-hmm. right? Make bad choices when when going about life normally, and now all of a sudden a moral option comes up, and they pick the wrong moral choice. Right. Right. That's all. The Bible also calls that evil. They don't have to be scheming anyone's death. They just have to be making bad choices from a moral standpoint more often than they're making good ones, more regularly and with no remorse or little remorse. Okay. So verse 15, And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrow. And he took unto him bow and arrow. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek, till thou hast consumed them. Okay, pause a second. Up until now, Joash has no idea what what Elisha's been doing. 
He's just been getting short instructions and following them. But now, Elisha has prophesied before him and has essentially said, we're doing all of this for your deliverance. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Bear that in mind. There's a blessing here that has been promised to Joash. And it's a very specific blessing. It's not just you'll be prosperous in the new year. It's a very specific blessing. Okay. Okay. Verse 18, And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have, thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And Elisha mm. died, and they buried him. Okay, pause a second. Uh -huh. That should be a new paragraph. It's not listed as it is. Um, he didn't die. Elisha did not die in the midst of this conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> the the conversation ends in nineteen. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do the rest of it, but I wanted to talk about this briefly here. Um. The conversation ends in 19. The lesson for us as we go into the new year, as we plot any changes to the trajectory of our lives, as we contemplate the things that God is requiring of us, when we're told that the following actions, I've gathered you together, I've asked you to do these things, and these actions are all geared up for this result. We need to move with vigor. We need to move with gusto. We need to be zealous in moving forward. It seems as though Joash didn't care that much for the deliverance of Israel. Because like I said, without that verse, he's just getting a bunch of instructions. And it, you couldn't fault him for banging three times on the ground if he had no other information. But immediately before that action is taken he is communicated as to the purpose of what is going on and he's given a prophecy mm. we have to be careful that we don't assume when we're given a prophecy the lord is looking to do great things for you that it just means we're going to sit and coast and wait for the lord to do these great things hmm. right now we, we get into the works-based discussion, of course. Was did, did Joash have to do anything here based on our reading so far? Um, in terms of he just followed instructions. Right, but what, would, what should he have done that would have made the prophet happy? Uh, according to the prophet's word, it struck multiple times. Okay. Would we say that that action he took, because it wasn't action, it wasn't just thought, would we say that that action was um, works? Would you call that work? No, not necessarily. He received instructions. At that point, it's not works. 
when we say works, it's when we think we're doing something of our own devices to please God in order for us to have salvation. This is this is our own what they would say machinations, our 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 own devices, our own schemes. When we when we think we can impress God with what we do, Lord, I'm going to give this money to the poor to help these poor people and that way I will it will be on my balance sheet that I did something good and that will negate something bad I did. If the Lord comes to you and tells you to do something, you're doing it. That's obedience. That's not works. That's a very important point. And, and this story is helpful because the actions that Joash took had no bearing, did not um, supersede or support or assist God in doing what God was going to do. God can deliver by many or by few. God could have done whatever. What they were, they showed his response in faith to the promise that God made. And he should have been way more energetic about the fact that God was about to deliver him from the from the Syrians. But he was nonchalant. Mm. And, and he smote it only three times. We have to be careful that we don't lose our blessing that God intends to bestow upon us because we're just nonchalant like we're entitled to them. Or we are, have a lack of faith in what we're being told to do. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll right. do it. There's no enthusiasm right. behind it. Right. We do the bare minimum because, okay, smite on the ground, smote on the ground. Okay. You smote on the ground three times, you win three times. What? Oh no. Hmm. I didn't realize there was a relationship between what I was told to do and the outcome. Right. Sure there is. Not in the not in the God owes it to me sense. But it's all in the enthusiasm sense of it. If you're willing to get on board with what God has planned to do, then you need to show it. You need to look like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If Noah was like grudgingly building an ark, I don't think 120 years would have been enough. Right. <laughs> that is a long time. Yes, it is. But remember, they lived to 10 times our age. So yeah, yeah. you cut it down to now, it's 12 years. Yeah. Not that long. No, it's not. There have been many building projects that have taken longer than that. Yep. Okay. Now we hit the last part of this. Okay, so back to verse 20. And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. And it new came... Year. You said New Year? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I realized I didn't mean that it said New Year. Uh, I, I meant that it means the New Year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that wasn't a correction. It was an observation. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man that behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. But Heziel, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. And the Lord was gracious unto them, and had compassion on them, and they, res 
and had respect unto them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and would not destroy them, neither cast he them from his presence as yet. So Heziel, king of Syria, died, and Ben-Hadad, his son, reigned in his stead. And Jehoahash, the son of Jehoahaz, took again out of the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of Heziel, the cities which he had taken out of the land out, excuse me, out of the hand of Jehoahaz, his father, by war. Three times did Joash beat him and recovered the cities of Israel. Hmm. So I wonder if he had beaten them down as the Lord had said he should, what would have happened? Syria would have just been cons- totally consumed, sort of wiped out. Correct. Correct. Interesting. Right, because think about it. We stopped hearing about the Philistines after a while. Yeah. Yeah, he would have completely changed history in that the Syrians are still around today and they might not have been mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. he done Jehoahaz, Jeho- Joash did what he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. Very interesting stuff. Now, you made no comment on verse 21. I didn't because I thought you were going to mention it. Uh, I remember a sermon reading about it. It's such a short verse, and yet Mm -hmm. the premise behind it was Elisha ended up having more miracles than Elijah did because of this. That was well, the premise of the, the sermon. Portion. Yes, the double portion. Double portion of, but but here's the interesting thing about the double portion. So, a couple of lessons that come from this. Right, one, Elisha got a double portion of the Holy Spirit that he requested, but Elijah was translated to heaven, and Elisha dies of a sickness. That, that's something that isn't mentioned very often, and it's something mm-hmm. that I find very interesting in. Who God chose to take to heaven. In fact, our family was discussing that recently. Who God chose to take to heaven and who he did not. Mm-hmm. Well, early, right? Take yes, yes, early yes. And we believe they're all going to make it there. <laughs> um, so, the, so when we see people in scenarios, we don't know the difference between consequence and affliction unless we have intimate intimate knowledge about people. So we shouldn't come to any conclusions because we know biblically that um, Elisha was blessed. We know for whatever reason he had to go through a sickness and he did it gracefully. He didn't complain that he had gotten a double portion yet didn't go to heaven, right? So we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people. Obviously, there are standards of righteousness. God doesn't expect every last one of his believers to be doing completely different things because everybody's unique, right? There is a congregation of Israel in addition to an individual family, an individual person. Um, But we shouldn't try too hard to be comparing every aspect of our Christian experience because there's some things that God is going to lead us through that he's not going to lead the next person through within the bounds of his will, not, not just arbitrary stuff. Okay, that's one. Two, 
how whose faith is involved in a resurrection of a dead guy falling on the bones of a dead prophet. Um, when and the when the people doing the burying are fleeing for their lives. Well, not all miracles are from an issue of faith. Um, obviously, uh, this is a. So to answer your question, it can't be anyone's except God Himself. Mm-hmm. It can't be anyone's faith because the the person involved was dead, falling on the mm-hmm. bones of someone who was dead brought mm-hmm. there by accident. This wasn't a purposeful thing. It just happened to be this is the closest thing they had when they when they were just moving away to bury the man. Right. So they spied a band of men and they made an expedited move to lower him into this sepulcher that's already here because they need to get out of town. Yeah, what's what's supremely interesting about that is the sepulchre was open, mm-hmm. and it was it was long enough after Elisha had passed where there were bones. That is, mm-hmm. And if that were the case, why don't we have stories of other people who had recently passed there trying to throw them into the sepulchre? Don't know, but this story is here. It it's short. We've had a couple of these really, really short stories over time. It's short, right? Reminds me of um, of uh, Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. Right. It's short, but it's powerful, and it points out to certain things. It points out that God can do what God needs to do regardless of anyone else. Yeah, this fellow wasn't even named. Nope. Fellow isn't named. The people carrying him aren't named. Only the sepulcher and the dead prophet are named. And the guy gets back up on his feet, and that's the end of the discussion. And imagine getting resurrected just in time to see a band of men coming that you have to run for. <laughs> oh, man, that's interesting. Um, I imagine they weren't right upon them, but still, that's, that's uh, hope you died in your sleep because the last thing you want to do is Wake have gone to, to your death in peril and then wake up in peril right again um but god interesting how god works and when he works it's interesting that a prophet that is that a the prophet that is good entertains a a king that is bad it's interesting that the king that is bad recognizes the authority of the prophet which again evil doesn't just mean plotting and in opposition not always just like that but it's it's very, we have to recognize that these are day-to-day scenarios that as we enter this new year, remember that it's not dependent on anybody else how things move for you. It's dependent on you and God. And it's dependent on God. You play a role, absolutely, because if you work in opposition to God, he's not going to necessarily override that. But he can. And when God has promised you good things, Please put a little gumption into it. Please participate joyfully, cheerfully. Don't just be there because, oh, well, God has taken care of it. Yeah, there is a certain sense in which God has taken care of it. But even in the Bible, whenever God told people, don't worry, I'll handle it, those people praised God enthusiastically. Mm-hmm. So even though they didn't fight, they praised enthusiastically. Like, be enthusiastic. 
Yeah. Be enthusiastic. As we enter this new year, let's think about that. Be enthusiastic. God can raise dry, dead bones to life. God can can take care of your problems. Even when you're not the best, even when you're not doing your best, and this is not a, a game plan, but even when you're not doing your best, God still made sure that this king that is defined as a, as evil was able to recover the cities from that his father had lost to um, Haziel and, and Ben-Hadad three times. Three conflicts he had and was able to get those cities back. Right. God will do great things for you. It's not about you, but you do need to be encouraged about him. Right, exactly. Excellent. Can you close us out with prayer then? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness and your love. We thank you for your grace. We pray, Lord, that you will please bless us. We thank you that you brought us to the close of a year and into the beginning of a new year. Help us to do better than we did last year. Help us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to be eager and excited to operate in your in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Please forgive us of all our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and help us to move forward in a way that will bring glory and honor to your name. And please be with this ministry and those who hear it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for this. What's this entitled? <coughs> Move zealously. Move zealously. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as we enter into 2023, that is crucial. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world, um, and it doesn't mean we have to be worried, but it does mean we have to move with purpose. Um, so if you have any questions or comments about this t- devotion or any of our other ones, which can be found on uh, truewisdom.buzzsprout.com, we also have our own web page now, I beat the new year, uh, truewisdom.info, www. Uh, you can email us at info at truewisdom.info or reach out to us on Twitter at truewisdom underscore pod, and we'd be happy to hear from you and answer any or all questions you may have. We thank you for listening. But if you even need more details, you can reach out to Andrew on his podcast entitled Rightly Divide the Word of Truth, and that's at BibleStudy.ASCZone.com. And we cover uh, weekly lesson studies, and we cover devotionals, and we cover some, some of the grounds that we do here we'll cover from other angles too all right we thank you all for listening and we pray you will be blessed in 2023